We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blu-ray Network. I'm your host, Petch Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in audio side, video side. I appreciate all you guys. It's been a, it's been a minute since I've had an episode. Uh, I was supposed to do Casual Friday last week with Joe Yurt, and we do that every week. But uh, I went on my trip to Notre Dame, South Bend, Indiana, and ended up getting moved up a couple hours. We were supposed to leave early Friday morning, turned into leaving not too long after the Bills game. So I didn't get a chance to to do anything last week when i am back here i am joined by friend slash friend of me i don't know i don't know i don't even know what to call you it always anymore. do that intro you call me a friend of me you've done it like you are. 10 well times. i think it's, need to... i think it's accurate joe uh, more, more, on Twitter, more on the more on the enemy part i would say like fememi fememi yes so <laughs> more of that like a, you get an f but yes how you doing sir what's going on man Hey, you know, just uh, living the dream. It's uh, we're recording this on what Tuesday for everyone to hear it tomorrow, Wednesday. I just got my booster, another shot, the Omicron very shot. I don't know what the fuck it is. Whatever, whatever I'm at now, it's number four. I just got, so I'm I'm sure my arm will be sore by uh, <laughs> by tomorrow or tonight, uh, like the side effect usually is. But that's it, man. So uh, yeah, tell me about your Notre Dame trick trip. I want to hear I'll about this. I would, I, was, I definitely. Oh, I you see wanna... to the end. Look at me I want to spend, well, I want to spend a couple minutes talking about that. So, yeah, I went to Notre Dame for the first time. I've been a Notre Dame fan my whole life. I grew up in a in a home with, with my father, who, who's no longer with us. But the Bills were actually only the third team in my house as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my father was a, a Yankees fan first, a Notre Dame fan second, and, and then the Buffalo Bills were third. So that said, I've been around Notre Dame football all my life and for whatever a variety of reasons a lot of it just laziness i don't i, I can't even really explain it but i never went to notre dame for an actual football game before finally did that this weekend with three of my buddies it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun it really was game notwithstanding the game itself was just absolutely horrible man they went out and they lost at home the marshall it was uh that that was ugly the game is, was ugly but I didn't let it overshadow the weekend that I had. It was a lot of fun, but uh, did you get trash? Trash? No, no, right. no, nope. Well, and again, we'll talk about this a little more later. It's yeah. not an option on game day, at least anyway, because you 
literally cannot buy alcohol at the stadium. I, I think it's oh, like really? that for all college football games. It's definitely like that for Notre Dame too, for sure. All right. Well, yeah, I, I look forward to hearing your. These it was fun, man. There were some. Yeah. There were some cool sights and sounds. We'll we'll get into that a little bit. Now we're not going to spend really much time talking about a, a football game that was played. By the time people are listening to this six days ago, you know that's clearly old news. But what I wanted to do with this episode, and, and what I'll probably be doing, which I would say going forward, starting next week, or probably will drop either on Monday or at the very latest Tuesday, kind of like big picture stuff, takeaways, and really going to go through the game. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts that, that'll do that for you. I, I'm more focused on like big picture stuff or thoughts and takeaways. And I'll have that's got no time on. to read, to watch the film and, and break it down. So that's why he's, we're big picture people. We have lives, we have alcohol, <laughs> we have to drink. Okay. So we don't have to go to the film room. So yeah. If big you want to put it that way, Joe, sure. That's how it is. Bro. But that's just, what we'll be, be doing going forward next week. I, I have a couple I got a couple big and look, man, there's a million takeaways you can have from the game. But I got there's like two or three things that I think for me anyway were, were the biggest takeaways for the Buffalo Bills, not just for week one, but I think maybe now going forward. Um, that we'll get into. And I'll let me start and I'll preface it by saying this. It's the first week of the season. The first week of the NFL season is always annually the, you know, the biggest overreaction. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever you want to call it, of the entire year. You know, I remember last year the Bills lost at home to Pittsburgh, and it was like, oh, this offense ain't that good. I remember Green Bay got murdered in their first week. I, I think they played the Saints. I'm almost yeah, positive. they lost. It might have been Tampa, they, but it was the Saints, and they lost thirty-eight to three. They got crushed. It was terrible. yeah, they got absolutely crushed. And yeah. Green Bay ended up being the top seed in the NFC when the regular season was over, and Aaron Rodgers won the second straight MVP. So, I mean, we learned through years and years and years. Don't put too much into week one, you know, but it's just a, a, a week to wildly overreact. I'm trying to not do that. And I'm trying to focus on a couple things that I think anyway, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, for sure, that are our big picture things. Uh, and I got two. The big one is this, man. I, I think the Rams game was a true statement uh, with the defense. Yeah, well, first of all, it's a statement game, period. And I'm sure you agree with this. I mean, you turn the ball over four times on the road, prime time in front of a national audience against the defending Super Bowl champs and you win by three touchdowns. If that's not a statement, I really don't know what is. I mean, so I, let's just kind of start there. It was a legit, you hear it all the time, statement game, Joe. Statement, statement, statement. This was a statement game. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I mean, I picked the Rams. To, I thought it was going to be a shootout. And I picked the Rams to win. And I, cause I thought the Rams were going to score and they didn't. And that's... Uh, that's kind of what I took away from the game. Like something that's new. Like, look, we always knew that Josh Allen, the offense is good, you know, and they were, they were firing. I, I don't want to say on all cylinders, but like you don't punt and you had some turnovers. I mean, if you don't punt, you're on all cylinders, I would say. But to me, the, my biggest takeaway was the, 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 the defensive line was yeah. really awesome in that game. And that's, that's, that's where, that's why they spent what they did on Von Miller. They got set Tim settle. They brought back Jordan Phillips. I know Shaq Lawson didn't play, but they they overhauled the defensive line for games like this. And you yeah. know, I've been I've been a little bit I don't want to say critical, but I've been a little bit. Do we really want to invest all this money into the defensive line in a passing league? And that game showed you, like, yeah, you kind of want to do some investing into that. But you know, 
that's what I took away from it. I also took away from it on, on a psyche perspective was while watching this game, you know, you know, we, you and I combined, we have like 30, 60 years of like football watching experience. We're old. And like, I can always remember like during the drought years when like they would probably be every month, maybe one game where you're like, man, the bills are, are they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. They're up, they're tied. They should be up more. And then you're like, this is when the the, the walls are going to come crumbling because like Tom Brady's going to get pissed off in the second half and rip off three touchdowns. Watching that game when it was halftime, I was like, this is in the bag. They just got to they're going to play well in the second half and they're going to blow the door off this off this game. And it's like that's what happens when you have Josh Allen and you have a great offense and you have as much talent as you do, where there is no impending doom. You know, at least during the regular season, maybe the playoffs you might get a little bit of an impending doom, but like. There, it, there, it doesn't exist right now in terms of that. And I was what? so confident in that game that once I saw that first drive, the first quarter, I was like, they, they're better than this team right now. Let me uh, preface by saying I also, like you, did pick. I mean, I'm being honest here. Right before uh, the game, I had an episode where I did like Bill's, you know, kind of a season preview and predictions. And I picked. I said the opening game of the season was going to be the closing game of the season. And, no, and nothing still changed when it comes to that. I know the Rams looked overmatched. Not They didn't play well at all. And they, well, maybe they also, maybe they got outclassed on this night anyway. But I do pick, I did pick the Bills and the Rams to be in the Super Bowl with the Bills winning. But I did predict the Rams were going to go out and win on opening night. John McVay had never lost an opening game before. I think it was like five straight weeks to, the team that opened up at home on Thursday night football won their first game, something like that anyway. So I, I did pick the bills to lose this game. Um, back to your point about the defensive line. Cause this was my biggest takeaway. You know, a lot of times during the off season and especially this year, maybe more than ever with the Buffalo bills, we heard so much hype about this being the super bowl favorites, the betting favorites and Vaughn Miller coming here and this and that I will say, this year, the, the defensive line upgrades right now, and you can tell after just one game. I don't even think this is an overreaction. I think this is a fact. The upgrades are real. I mean, this ain't offseason talk. This isn't some kind of media creation that the defensive line is much better than it was last year. You know, Vaughn Miller might not be the Vaughn Miller of five, six years ago, a half decade ago, but he's still elite, man. I mean, we saw that with two sacks and that one, the way he dipped it and got in. And I kept thinking, and look, I do not, and I tweeted about this. I don't want to diss Jerry Hughes at all. Jerry Hughes was a pretty good player. I don't think he was as great as a lot of a, a lot of Bills fans thought, but he was a pretty good player. And he won a lot of pass rush battles. I know they have a win rate or something like that as a stat. But at the end of the day, Vaughn Miller had two sacks in his first game with the Bills. Jerry Hughes had two sacks in 16 games with the Bills last year. He had two sacks the entire season. So you saw that right away. You mentioned Jordan Phillips. He had one and a half sacks, six pressures on the quarterback. Isn't it crazy, dude, how he can look so good in Buffalo? He looked good in Buffalo a couple of years ago. The Bills just didn't want to pay him. He goes to Arizona. He don't look nothing like he did in Buffalo. He comes back to Buffalo, and, and he looks like an animal, man. I mean, God, he was locked in against Arizona. Again, I like Harrison Phillips a lot. I think Buffalo Jordan Phillips is better than Harrison Phillips. So now you got Miller over Hughes, Phillips over Harrison Phillips. I like Daquan Jones a lot too. I think he's a significant upgrade over Star Latutale. He's not going to be a big stat guy. And then you got your young guys, man. Maybe they're going to finally start to, to show their potential. A.J. Ebenezer had one and a half sacks. 
Uh, Boogie Basham had a sack. He had a pick. Didn't really mean anything. Greg Rizzo had a quiet night. Well, whatever. He didn't need him. I mean, these guys played well enough. Didn't matter what, what Greg Rizzo did. Uh, and Ed Oliver, by the way, who I love Ed Oliver. He got hurt even playing the second half or two and a half quarters. And it didn't even matter. This defensive line, that's my biggest takeaway from this game. Big picture takeaway, too. This defensive line is going to be a big problem for a lot of teams this year. I mean, <laughs> you already have problems playing the Bills because of the offense, but this defensive line is really, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, and that's what happens when you are able to have a defensive line that hides the deficiencies, and I, and I say that loosely, of a secondary that's that's about as raw at cornerback as you could get with when it comes to game experience. Yeah, right now. You know what I sure. mean? Right now, for sure. I mean, they got like they have the sixth round rookie was starting, you know, over the over the over Elam. You know, it's just like these things are like on paper. You're like, oh, well, this this has to be a shootout, and it wasn't. And like they they helped the defensive line helped out the secondary. You know, when it came to just getting you know pressure on the quarterback, and it made it was a, it was a flawless defensive performance. You know, it was, and you know, I've been, I'll say this, you know, I'm um. I am wondering, like how how hurt Matt Stafford might be, and I'm giving them like a little bit of a rope there, like because like he looked like shit in that game. He really looked bad, and I wonder if that that arm thing issue that they had in the in the preseason is is an issue for him, you know? Because it's it's just he did not he did not. Let, I mean, look, that's a that's a really good offense. And he got I, I, seven times. I mean, yeah, I, he, you're right. I agree with you. He does look yeah. hurt and he does look shitty, but I don't care who you are. You, you get sacked seven times, and there was a lot more pressures beyond that, which, by the way, here's another thing, going back to the defensive line, Joe. We're talking about these sacks and what Vaughn Miller did and A.J. Epinesa and Jordan Phillips. I know you saw the stat. The Bills did not blitz, and I don't yeah. mean like they barely blitz. I mean they did not blitz. They literally didn't blitz. Six sacks, no blitzes. That yeah. that That is crazy. But, yeah, I agree with you about Stafford. It didn't quite look. He just, he yeah, like and he sacks. doesn't get sacked a lot. Like last year, I think he was sacked like I think I heard it on the radio. He was sacked like thirty times or something. Like, he wasn't sacked a lot, and obviously they've had some like Whitworth, their tackle retired. But I just wonder. But like whatever. Like well, maybe in a month if he's still shitty, then we'll be like, well, maybe he, that it, it's not as impressive of a game. But whatever. I'm not going to go that cross that bridge yet. Was there anything? Hey, Jim, you, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. No, I was gonna say. I'm looking. I'm looking at numbers going back to last week, and I'm looking at quarterback hits. And AJ Vanessa hit the quarterback four times, man. And and Vaughn Miller had two. Well, they were both sags. Jordan Phillips three. Boogie Basham two. I mean, this guy was hit a lot, and it's just, I don't know. It blows me away. And I you know this is a position that the Bills have wanted to improve at for a couple of years. I mean, they brought in Mario Addison as a free agent. They used a second-round pick on A.J. Vanessa. They used both their first and second-round picks last year on Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. And I think we all know we can point back to the Kansas City game last year and their inability to finish when it came to getting to Pat Mahomes. I'm not talking about getting some pressure on them. I'm talking about finishing the play was probably the, the biggest reason why they lost that game. Vaughn Miller's better tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't want to say I was skeptical with Bob Miller coming here, but I was like, I think at this point of his career, he's more of a name than he is a performer. But sure, based I mean, on one game, know. I was wrong, I'm wrong because dude, dude looked amazing on yeah. Thursday. And you know what was was really good about his performance was he only hit, played like 52 percent of the snaps yeah. or yeah. something like that. They they had their rotation on full 
And I think that's what you want. Like you, you know, keep their defensive linemen fresh. I mean, they have a legit, like that, that six, seven man rotation is it's, it's awesome. And like, you know, if they can get, if AJ and Boogie Basham can keep playing well, I mean, those, those, the young guys are the X factors. Cause we know what we get with Von Miller. We know what we get with Ed Oliver. You know, Jordan Phillips, you kind of know as well. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what the difference between Arizona and here is, but you kind of like, hey, he'll get some sacks. It's night and day. It's crazy. Well, I, didn't, I, 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 I talked I to know. Arizona fans. They're like, he, he didn't do shit in Arizona, man. And he yeah. comes to Buffalo and he, and he looked really good when he was a Bill the first time, too. Again, it came down to money. That's why he didn't stay. It's not because he didn't perform in the Bills and want him. He wanted yeah, to get paid. Hey, you and I, we liked him a lot. I mean, we had yeah. some arguments on Twitter with other people who thought he wasn't that good when he left here. And I was like, what are you talking about? The guy they said he was a splash sense. player. He yeah. would make a splash play here and there, you know. Or good. We need, we need splash players. Exactly. Place. But like, exactly. Yeah, looked, Put Pat Mahomes on the ground. You know, that's what me, it's all about. Let me ask you this. Was there anything out of that game that you can say I have a concern about? I know it's one game and we talk about instant reaction, like not, you know, in terms of like after one week one, you're the best thing ever or you're the worst thing ever. Was there anything in that game where you're like, man, I could see that being a little bit of a problem. Is there anything that you can think of? I the could... only, the only thing I could see be beyond the obvious. If anyone, if they get major injuries, that's a problem for 32 teams in the NFL. Sure. And this one to your question, to your, uh, what you're asking me, the only <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest here, and it's hard to not sound like a homer, but I'm not. I'm being dead honest with you. The only thing I see that could be a concern is the Bills beating themselves. I know that might sound boring, but it's the truth. The only Look, yo, if they don't turn the ball over four times, they probably win that game by 40 points, and I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, they had four turnovers. One of them was kind of a fluky one off Isaiah McKenzie's chest. But did Josh Allen made one bad throw, pretty much made one bad throw the whole game, yeah. uh, the other interception. And then the running backs fumbled twice. I mean, you, you, you turn the ball over four times, you're not going to blow a lot of teams out. Yeah. Well, maybe the, you will. I have three, and you kind of mentioned it a little. And these are like these are like mosquito bites. So don't send your mm -hmm. hate tweets to me. Hit some of the pad if you got a problem with me being a little critical. Um, the running back thing is weird. Like, you know, it, in terms of like, I, I, I tweeted this out, but I'll say it here, like, it's almost impossible to really hit your wagon to any of these running backs. Like one guy, one guy looks good. And then like the next drive, he looks like crap. And you're like, he fumbles and he's out of the, he's out. Like, I remember when Matt Breida had like his one, like good game against the Jets last year. It was like, he's going to be the guy. And then he fumbled the next game and we never saw him again. And you know, that kind of happened with cook and Moss. And then like Singletary had some decent runs, but it's, it's to the point to where if I were any fan, I, I don't even, I, I try not to even, think about the running back situation, but obviously they, they seem to have a little bit of fumbleitis a little bit, even going back to last year. Cause that's how people, those running backs to me lost their jobs or their, right. their hot streak is if they fumbled and, and McDermott was like, yeah, you're gone. So, you know, a tiny bit, but the, the two, the one main thing I'll say this, and I've been on this, this a lot. I do not want Josh Allen to be my leading rusher. Josh Allen had 15 carries in that game. Why? Well, he, well, not that many, but he had well, too he many. Had, he had, he had too many. I thought, oh, yeah, he had ten, which is too many. I agree too many. with you. Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100 right. I agree with your point. Yeah, because yeah. because listen to me, and I'm, I'm this isn't about like, and I've said this. I've been bitching about this for two years. Josh Allen as a runner is not like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is elusive. He's fast. He's he's like he can he can go around cones. 
Josh Allen is like a golden retriever where he can just run straight ahead really fast. But if you got guys collapsing on him, it's hard to bring him down, but he's taking all these hits. And sure, I worry I about him. Like, there are so many quarterbacks in the last 20 years I can name who are scramblers who got their it wasn't it's not like you're gonna lose games like in the short term. Like, do I think Josh Allen's gonna get knocked out and he's gonna be out for a year? No, but I think his shelf life will get diminished because, like, you know, Cam Newton. Steve McNair, I remember him. He was done at 35, and that guy didn't even play the first four years of his career. You know, Donovan McNabb, like a lot of running quarterbacks, when they, they take on defenders, it, you know, it they get they it it wears on you. And like I, I was talking to my friend of mine, and he kind of had this <laughs> dick response: "Was look, if he gets us a Super Bowl, I don't care if he's done in five years less." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I guess that's kind of dickish to say, but what I, I get, I kind of understand your logic, but." Look, you have this guy. Like, I want Josh Allen to play. I want this to be, like, the next 15 years of, like, us being like, man, we got a great quarterback until he's, like, 38, 37. I don't want the guy to be dead at 33, you know, and being, like, a shell of himself. You know, Cam Newton was out of the league in 10 years after he got drafted, basically. And right. Cam Newton five, four years ago was awesome. And then he, he just – the wear and tear picked up, as I said, Steve McNair. And I, I just – I don't like these running plays. I just don't like them at all. I don't think they're very imaginative. It's just it feels like it's a sweep, and then Josh Allen gets, gets killed by like five guys. And look, some of it's funny. I get it. Like, oh, he looks he stiffed armed some cornerback while trying to get the first down. And that thing, sure, if it's desperation and you have to like run out of the pocket and you have a lane, fine. I'm all for that. But if it's like a sweep or any of that, I don't know. I I just I really need to cut that down. I agree. I agree. Last year, like say the Chiefs game, it was desperation time. And that's the only way there were times where that was the only way they were going to move the markers was with Josh Allen's legs. I get that. I do agree with you. If, if there is one thing to be a little bit worried about with, with Ken Dorsey after one game, it's that it doesn't seem like I remember all offseason. A lot of people were like, well, I really hope Josh runs the ball less. I don't want Josh Allen having 10 carries per game. Circling back to the running backs. I think the beneficiary of this first game was Devin Singletary. Um, James Cook fumbled and he did not, he didn't get a chance for redemption because he didn't get another carry the rest of the game. He's a rookie. He can't do that. It was, it was a bad fumble too. It was his fault. Um, so I think Singletary is going to get more trust in carries going further. Now the Zach Moss fumble, I will say every now and then you just got to take your hat off to the other team. I mean, the guy punched it as the ball was going to the ground. That shit happens. But, I mean, you look at Zach Moss's stats. He had six carries for 15 yards. And he caught six passes, too, but for only 21 yards. Anyway, I could see Devin Singletary, at least for now, having a bigger role. They're clearly trying to go with a committee. I think it's just going to come down to a matter of trust. So, I think Singletary yeah. will get uh, more carries with that. But, but, yeah, man, beyond your point about Josh Allen, I mean, that's something that's a little worrisome. Like I said, for, I don't care how much you win by. You don't want to turn the ball over four times per game. That's not going to have good results long term. So. Those probably are the only two things that I could think of. That I would are... also throw in there, and this is a small, mm -hmm. small, tiny one. But I'm going to give him some time. Dawson Knox didn't really do anything. Like, I think he had one catch. He was kind of there. It, it's fine. Look, they spread the ball around. But, yeah, you know, it wasn't. He, he wasn't. He, it just wasn't his day in the game plan. I yeah. think he only he had one catch for five yards. That was it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, look, I'm, I'm going to give him. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a Dawson Knox skeptic more so than I think. Bill's Twitter and is like I just I feel like he's he's a solid player. I think he's his his numbers were inflated last year because he caught a lot of touchdowns, but he's not. I, don't, I I would like to have like a seven eight catch game where he has like a hundred yards almost. 
you know, because now he got the new contract. It's not, it's different now. It's not like he's, it's not just like, oh, he's, you know, they I they, certainly want, yeah. I certainly yeah. want to see him have more than it's one little, catch or five Yes, yards, like, but, and again, let's see what happens. I, know, that, but, but if we're, we're nitpicking, but long-term, my biggest thing, look, cut down on Josh Allen's runs. you got a guy who can throw the ball a billion yards down the field. He's not, he's not like Lamar Jackson who like, you know, even though he, Lamar was really good on Sunday against the Jets, but like, your quarterback who could barely get to 200 yards, then fine, run. But if you can't, then why? Like, just, you know, just right. do a couple I, ones. I agree about that. I'm not That's I'm it. not at all concerned about Dawson Knox right now. I mean, the receivers caught, I think, 17 passes, the top four receivers in the game. That was part of their game plan. How about on Stephon D- Diggs, man? I'm sorry. That guy, man, he balled out. On, on, he was so that, – that one th- – the, the touchdown pass from Josh Allen went, where he wasn't even, like, standing straight, Allen, when he threw it. He kind of just did a – I don't even know what that was. It was just he just like kind of he just spun it right downfield and like you saw you heard Collinsworth go like like just gasp like like wow like how great that throw was. But like Diggs Joe, was, Diggs was Joe great. Biscalia wrote in the Athletic. I, I read his seven observations piece um, after the game and he talked about um, Stefan playing a little less snaps, which was keeping him fresher. I, yeah, I mean he absolutely owned Jalen Ramsey. By the way, I saw a. Uh, Jalen Ramsey jersey in South Bend, and I was just laughing at this kid. I'm like, why? Of all days, you're gonna wear that the day after your boy just got absolutely uh torched. Back on the defensive side, I again, I don't. <laughs> as long as there's not more injuries, you know, we were talking about. You just asked me about a couple of potential concerns, and we talked about Josh running the ball too much and, and turnovers. I have zero concerns right now with the defense. If, if. Dane Jackson plays like he did on Thursday night. Now, again, the pass rush is going to make the back end better. I mean, they already have two Pro Bowl safeties. I'm talking about the cornerback position there with the rookie, the two rookies, and Dane Jackson before Trey gets back. Dane Jackson played a very good game. He had a nice interception. He played very well. That gives me a lot more confidence when it comes to Trey White eventually coming back, and then you have Trey White and Dane Jackson as your two corners. He looked apart for sure. And you know, off season we we're talking about we weren't talking about, but a lot of people were talking about, you know, positional battles at training camp in the preseason. Dane Jackson was never not going to be the starter. And he barely even played in the preseason. I mean, that kind of made it obvious that mm-hmm. he didn't even play. But anyway, I liked his game a lot. That was a significant takeaway. I don't want to call it a big picture takeaway yet, because it was only one game, but that was a, a significant takeaway. Back to Josh on the other side of the ball. That's my big picture takeaway. You know, Josh looked superhuman against Kansas City in the second half of the playoffs last year. And we're like, all right, man, you know, is he going to carry that in? And, you know, all these betting MVPs, the the betting favorite right now for the MVP. Well, he certainly picked up, you know, pretty much. I, I think he's winning it this year. If he keeps this up, he's winning. I think it, every, every, I've, I've said this before with like the MVP voting. Sometimes it's just like the writers are like, ah, we need someone new. And then like, and like, I think Josh Allen is like, they're going to get sick of Aaron Rodgers and go, you know what? Let's just give it to Josh this year. But, like, yeah, his numbers. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He, he threw he's, five incompletions. And, again, one of them was clearly not his fault. He only threw one really bad pass that yeah. whole game. He did. I don't like him running ten times, like, just like you. Mm-hmm. But he did run for 56 yards. He accounted for four touchdowns. And, again, man, he was not playing the, uh, you know, he, he wasn't playing the, the Seattle Seahawks, man. He was playing the Rams. Yeah, they got, who, a, they got know, Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's you know, yeah. they they still, and Bobby Wagner, their big new signing, a linebacker, and they got Jalen Ramsey, who's close in the game anyway, is one of the best corners in the NFL. I think there might be some people doubting that. 
yeah. after uh, what Stefan Diggs did to him. But yeah, man, he just, I don't know. He's as good as advertising. That's been my biggest concern all off season is, is this team overrated? Not overrated, but overhyped. And now you get it. Based on this game, you know why everyone in the national media, I remember we were watching uh, last week the NFL Network before the game and everyone, including Michael Irvin, picked the Bills and win the Super Bowl. I could not believe it. It was a clean sweep across the board. They all picked the Bills and win the Super Bowl. Even Michael Irvin had, I mean, he had Dallas going to the Super Bowl, but he had the Bills winning. I'm like, God, I hate all this attention and I hate being the favorites like this. But when you go out and you play like you did, you're going to be. And by the way, the Bills hate to punt too. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Four yeah. straight regular season games, they have not punted. That is absurd. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, they don't need the punter at all. And no. it's 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 an offense that's like, it's, it's a must-see TV. And, you know, I think if we keep going this way, like we're going to talk about this offense. Like, you know, you and I were like having a chit-chat about like, I think like a couple weeks ago, we were doing like the Twitter, like who had a better team, like the Super Bowl Bills or this team or this version. They keep going this way. You know, it's kind of blasphemy to say like the Bills offense of, of the nine of this era is better than the 90s one, like 90, like the 90, 91 teams. But like we're getting there right now, like with that, because they're it could have been more like, you know, it could have they could have scored 45 on the Rams easily if it wasn't for turnovers. And like you said, it's. You know, it's fun. I can't wait till they play the Titans and knock their asses out, hopefully. One last thing, too. Is, uh, but I remember before the, the inactives, when they came out, they come out like, I think, 90 minutes before the game, right? Sure. Khalil yeah. Shakir was on the inactive list, and people were losing their minds. They were pissed about that. Look, Let me- don't don't read. I've said this a million times. The preseason and training camp don't always mean that much. Jamison it don't Carter mean dick. It doesn't mean anything, bro. Like, you- like how many people said like oh Devin Cook he's or not Devin whatever whatever his name first Cook. James Cook excuse me oh he's a secret weapon they have they haven't used him yet and he, he gets one carry and he fumbles and Shakir's supposed to be really good like they oh, are it's just they but, no no they're they're just rookies they're not ready probably we'll see them next year okay no, they'll have no, no, they'll no. have I, they, oh yeah 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 yeah, Joe, they, yeah. We, Joe's overreacting here folks no no I'm not gonna be patient with Shakir is my point as long no, as yeah but he's not doing anything this year I guarantee I will bet you a dollar that we will never have a post show where you or Aaron Quinn or actually Aaron will he'll find something to like about everyone but like we will not have a show where Man, Cook and Shakir really helped them out in this game. No, I disagree with you. 100%. I don't. I don't. I don't think they know how to use running backs. I don't think they know how to use running backs. And Shakir, James Cook fumbled, and you know, you don't fumble. Sean McDermott. They have holds you too many running backs as is. They're not a running yeah. football team. All that bullshit about secret weapons and training camp tonight. No, they're not going to do nope. anything. Those two will not. Do, I'm not saying they're going to be bums for the rest of their career. They'll probably do something next year. Not this do something. I guarantee you. It, it mark my words. Whoever's listening to this podcast, the 30 of you people, mark it. And then you can at me. If oh, they I'm going to mark it. I'm going to save this. Nah, you're for, you're going to forget it. Here is like six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. That's not like, happening like this year. Unless someone's, unless the whole wide receiving core gets hurt. One guy. Why, one guy. Why, why didn't he play then? You're telling me that they they really had to get like the fifth wide I receiver. I told over. you. He's he's a rookie and he's going to be brought so That's why he's got, not going to do anything this year because he's a rookie. No, he'll he's get not. His, he'll get an opportunity. No, he's he not. will. And, and, especially, I, you're, you're, and especially James Cook. James Cook will definitely – He'll be he'll be a, a he'll be a bigger part of the game plan again. He fumbled. Oh yeah, if he he'll doesn't three, fumble, have three catches for twelve yards, and all you people will <laughs> jerk yourselves off right. over it. All right, like, let's yeah, let's Anyways, get back ahead. to all right. So to recap, I would say the two biggest 
the biggest major takeaways that I think are big picture takeaways is the Bills defensive line upgrades are as good or better as advertised. And Josh Allen is picked up right where he left off last year. Um, I, I think little bonus takeaways is I think Dane Jackson looked really good. I agree with your point that Josh Allen, I, I'd like to see him not run the ball 10 times uh, per game. I, I think that's pretty much it for the Bills. Oh, right I have now. one more. I have one Go more ahead. takeaway about that game. I don't know if you saw this tweet, but the ratings for the game, Los Angeles was not even in the top 20 for that game. Really? Yep. Not even in the top 20. Imagine that. You have the second biggest freaking market in that. Like, the Los Angeles sports scene, like they should get more shit. I think like because of the Lakers and maybe a little bit of the Dodgers, they get kind of a little bit of a pass as a, a sports town. But like they don't give a shit about football. That's that Especially whole... when you're coming off a Super Bowl and it's your first and you're opening up the NFL season. And yeah, at home. And, and, tw- and you can't even crack the top 20. There are a for... lot of Bills fans at that game. There were, yeah. There are a lot. There are a lot. Well represented. I'll I'll give it up to Bills fans for that. I mean, it's a destination place to go, L.A., so I get it, and you got several months to save up to go to it, but yeah, man. You also have have probably a lot of expats, because that's that's why L.A. as a sports city is kind of inferior, because it's a lot of expats who go there, who live there. So it's like, you know, they're, I don't know, football, I don't think it's as big as people like to think of it think of it out there there's a lot of money out there for like rich people to go to those games and that's probably why they move the team there so they can get that rich corporate dollar but i don't think joe schmo who's making a medium income cares about the brands but anyways that's how i feel about the la sports scene sports fans who like the wager i'm here to tell you about odds trader the number one site for all your game day bets If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than OddsTrader. Why is OddsTrader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts, if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most, if you're going with the favorites, Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which, by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker. So they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, OddsTrader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. Again, that's OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Joe at Buffalo Wings on Twitter. Um, quickly around the league. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about uh, the rest of the league, but I will say one thing that stuck out to me. If you want to talk about the Bills and, and their big statement game, there are a couple teams that have big statement games, and none so more maybe than uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Dude, the Chiefs ain't going anywhere. And, uh, you know, they absolutely dominated Arizona on the road. They won by uh, 44-21. Patrick Mahomes, as great as Josh Allen is, Patrick Mahomes is not ready to just pass that torch over to Josh Allen just yet. You look at his numbers, 30 of 39, 360 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. For one day anyway, they did not miss Tyreek Hill whatsoever. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a pretty good game, like 79 yards uh, receiving. Of course, Kelsey caught 121 yard passing yards and a touchdown. Point being this, they had 488 yards of total offense. And uh, I think Arizona is an overrated team. So, again, I know, you know, let's not get too nuts based on one game. But Kansas City is still, you know, this ain't the Detroit Pistons when they were on the come down and Michael Jordan and the Bulls were on the come up. And it was just a matter of time. The Chiefs are young in a lot of positions, just like the Bills. They got a great young quarterback and they ain't going anywhere anytime soon, man. This is a this is still a really good football team. Yeah, I mean, I think with Hill gone, it kind of forces the Chiefs to spread the ball more, and that's what you saw on Sunday is he's spreading the ball to more of his wide receivers. But, yeah, you're right. That's the team. I picked um, my AFC championship prediction is the Bills and the Chiefs. And I I think – I think I mean, it's not – you know, I'm not going on my – like giving you like the hot take there, but the Chiefs are just great. Like Mahomes is awesome, and Andy Reid is like – he is a great X's and O's quarterback, and that could be like – when these two teams go against each other at some point, I mean, they're going to go against each other next month. You know, we talk, we can talk about the Von Miller thing. That's why you signed him. But of all the coaches, I don't think you can argue that Andy Reid's the best X's and O's coach of, of the two teams combined. Like I think just, the Bills, the Bills are com- the better team. But if it's a close game in the final five minutes, I'd like the Chiefs more. If I'm being unbiased or removing any fandom, I would like the Chiefs in a close game at the end because I because of what you said, Andy Reid. I just yeah. Andy Reid in five, you know, in the last five minutes of a tight game. Then I do Sean McDermott, and I'm just being honest. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. We're gonna see what happens. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun because it's that's but that's right now that that Mahomes versus Allen. It's it's Jordan versus Dominique or whatever Wilkins from like the '80s or whatever player you wanted. LeBron versus Kobe. Like that's what it's it's shaping up right now in the. 80s. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million one times. If I'm the Bills and I got Josh Allen, I am not trading him for any quarterback in the league, including Patrick Mahomes. If I'm the Chiefs and I got Patrick Mahomes, I'm not trading him for any quarterback in the league, including Josh Allen. You just enjoy it. And I've seen this on Twitter too. And I'm, I mean, it's all over the place. This is this is Elway versus Marino, and they're both in their primes in the AFC. You know, the two best quarterbacks in the conference is going at it it's awesome to see 
Uh, another team I hyped up the Bengals. I did an entire podcast about me and Joe Yernan did almost an entire show on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals somehow being underrated and going under the radar despite going to the Super Bowl last year. No one even talks about them. Well, you know, they go off, they lose at home to Pittsburgh uh, in overtime, man. Great game, by the way. But uh, again, last year the Bills lost to Pittsburgh at home in the opening season. I'm not going to bury the Bengals. Uh, Joey Burrow, man, he did a little Nate Peterman impression, though, in that first half. He did like four picks. I know that, I don't know if all four picks were in the first half, but I know that there were all four picks were definitely through the first three quarters, man. And yeah, they played was- well at the end of the game. Then, of course, Jamar Chase is just a beast, but. Good again, a good game, and I don't know, man. The Bengals well, not a good start. Yeah, I mean, they should have won. The stupid snapper got her. I mean, they all they the extra point they make that the game's over at the got end. Blocked. They got Make blocked. Fitzpatrick, yeah, yeah, but yeah what, what I mean, great game, man. it's one game, but I, I still right. You're right. I mean, look, the the Bengals are very for an AFC championship team, like who won the AFC title last year. They're they're definitely on that under under the radar thing. Um in terms of like people not really talking about them, but you know, they, they definitely scare me. I mean, they scare me a little bit and I'm sure we'll get to them. Like the chargers and the Ravens, like those are and the chiefs, like those are the five I would put in terms of like, I'm worried about them. Like in terms of, all right, when we go against those teams, that's when we got to put on our big boy pants for the one AFC. team, one team you did not mention. And I get why at this time anyway, but the Miami dolphins, I mean, this is an AFC East divisional matchup. They go out, they beat New England 20 to 7. Um, to, uh, you know, I, I'll say this. my I think Miami is going to be in the mix all season long. And I've, I've said this before. And I think, again, I don't like to try. I try not to overreact too much based on one game opening week. But I think what you saw from Miami is what you'll see a lot of this year. I think Miami is going to be in the mix. I really do. And I think New England, on the other hand, is going to be only down. one game. I think they stink. Yeah. I don't think they're a good football team. I, I don't think that highly of Matt Jones, Matt Jones. I think they won some games last year that maybe they shouldn't have, but I just see them falling this year. And then going back to Tua, his stats look, all right, so 23 of 33, 270 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Tyree Kill, eight catches for 94 yards. Jalen Waddle, four catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. If you're a Dolphins fan, you're gonna, you'll take that 17 weeks of the season. I would say... And you know, more probably more than any other player right now, when you've, you're on Twitter and you see it all the time, Bills fans hate Tua. They love to bury him. I have, to a certain extent, stuck up for Tua. I've said that if he could play Ryan Tannehill level, that I think Miami is going to be in the mix. This was Ryan Tannehill level. And if you don't want to give the Patriots any credit, I'm looking forward to week two because Miami plays at Baltimore. So what are you going to, you know what I'm saying? If, if Tua comes out and plays reasonably well against Baltimore, I, at some point you're going to have to start to give this kid some credit. You agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I saw some of the, the comments, like, because I guess some of the throws Tua had weren't great. And I'm, and they, no, they, they weren't great. Look, I don't think the guy's great by any yeah, means. He I mean, some but ducks, like, man. There's this, I've been saying this before. Like, I don't, like, look, I get it. You want to bash Tua and the Dolphins. Like, they're your rival, kind of, they're in division. But, like, some of the shit I, I kind of think of, I think back to 2019, 2018, Josh Allen, when Josh Allen was making some horrible throws and like how many people on Bill's Twitter would like come to the rescue and like say like, oh, it's fine. Like, leave him alone. And now they're and then they would get so angry at, at the people who were detractors. And now they're they're kind of doing a 180 with two was like overanalyzing his throws. And look, 
270 is 270. You won, like, you know, New England normally did have a good defense. I don't, you know, but we'll see what next week. You're right. Like, next week, Baltimore is not, is a, is a stacked team. Like, Baltimore's a team that scares me too, because, like, you know, they were, they were the first seed last year, week, year, like after 10 games, and then everyone got injured, and then they fell off a cliff. But, you know, we'll see what happens with them next year. I do agree. Like, I think they'll be in the mix for like a wild card. Uh, you know, they the last two years they've been in the I mix. I think they're going to be in the mix for the divisional title. I'm being honest with you. I don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to win the divisional title, but I don't think the Bills don't have a victory parade for the AFC East in November. I, 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 I might, but I, I, it's more about the bill. It's more about the Bills and the Dolphins, though. To a, of- look, to a, I watched that game, at least a lot of that game anyway. And, yeah, he throws. Look, he doesn't. He doesn't have the arm. He ain't Josh Allen. They ain't gonna be yeah. slinging the ball. But their two receivers are awesome to me. When it comes to the Buffalo Bills, at least Tyreek Hill's the scariest player in the NFL because we've seen what he's done to the Bills and we see how much his presence on the field scares the Bills and scares Leslie Frazier and the defenses that they play around him. Their offense, Miami's offense, is predicated on getting Tyreek the ball on slants and outs and, you know, getting separation of his, his, his speed. And Jalen Waddle is a great receiver. I'm telling you, man, this team's going to be a damn problem. I, I, I still think the Bills are the better team. But my point was, if, if you're a Miami fan right now and you look at those numbers, I'll take those every week and take my chances with Tua. I, yeah. I still think he's a – I think he's a slightly above average quarterback. Can you beat the Buffalo Bills though with a slightly above quarterback? I that's why I don't. I don't think that. so. I mean, the Bills have really. I, 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 maybe it's overconfidence on my end, but like the Bills have really had their way with the Dolphins the last three. They have. They haven't lost since 2018, and right. That's why I'm not too worried about them in terms of the division. Right. But I definitely could see them in the. I see them more of a wild card mix, and I, and as I said, I, I don't think Tua is as trashy as Bills Twitter. Me neither. Loves, loves to, to fight every day about, which is weird. Me neither. But, but whatever. That's like I said, middle of the pack quarterback, though, they'll be all right. Now, you mentioned this team, the other team that concerns me. I would put them right there with the Kansas City Chiefs, actually, are the Chargers. And as big of an impact as Vaughn Miller had with the Buffalo Bills in his first game pass rushing, Khalil Mack had an even bigger impact with the Chargers. Khalil Mack had three sacks on Sunday against the Raiders in his first game. And then they got Joey Bosa on the other side. And we already know the Chargers got offensive skill players for days with mm-hmm. Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. The Chargers are a loaded team. They, they beat the Raiders. Um, yeah, I again, let's not get too crazy based on one game, but I really think the Chargers got a good team. And that defensive line with, with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, they're, they're a very – chic team to like predict and i'm predicting like i think they'll be good because they're young and when you have like a young team like their nucleus is very young you could you tend to think like oh man they're gonna get better they're they're like a stock they're gonna get better as the the years as the the games go by and that's kind of how i feel about them because again they didn't make the playoffs last year but like they have such a young they got you know herbert's talented as all hell and they're gonna be there i'll say this though sticking with that division if you don't mind What'd you make of that Broncos game Monday night? Eh, I, I I don't think I think Denver's the fourth team in the AFC. I, you see, I, I, think I they're I, a pretty good team, but I don't think I don't I think they're the the, the the fourth team in that division, which is obviously very loaded. They're okay. 
I mean, I had them a little bit higher than you because I did still believe in Russell Wilson. But if Nate Hackett's calling, like those ter- like going for a field goal with like like for six for sixty four yards instead of doing a fourth and five, like the clock manager at the end of that game was horrible, and like I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, Jesus, what Doug Marone like soul going to you, Nate Hackett or whatever? But like, you, it was- you know what else bothered me too about Nate Hackett is post game. I actually wa- I so I put on ESPN and oh, I know where I listen you're to what. He, he literally, he was talking so fast. He didn't even take a second to breathe in between sentences. It was like, he was almost like hyperventilating to an extent when he was talking. And I immediately started wondering, I tweeted about this. I'm like, is this job too big for him? And it only took, now again, overreaction month or week one. I get it. That's an overreaction, but I think it's kind of a fair question because you got, you, you pay all that money for Russell Wilson. You don't go for it on fourth and five from the 46 yard line. And you try a 64 yard field goal, which he's never made in his career. Yeah. He's over five in his career from 62 yards and beyond. And, and that's how you're going to try to win the game. They yeah. let the clock run down. I'm like, my thought process was like, this is kind of dumb, but I feel like they got still got two timeouts. So they're going to call timeout and they're going to try to get, cause they got two more timeouts. They're going to try to get another 10, 15 yards, run the clock all the way down. So if they kick the field goal, Seattle doesn't have a chance, but then they yeah. kick the field goal. But yeah, his post-game explanation, not even what he was saying, it's just how fast he was saying. I yeah, was like, bro, he, he, slow yeah. down, man. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to bury them yet, but like there's definitely a couple couple of shovels of dirt on them right now. Because that was oh, absolutely some, and they're in the wrong a- division to be fucking around and falling behind. Because I'm telling you, that yeah. division is just straight out too good. You cannot be losing to the Seattle Seahawks if you want to win the AFC West. It's right. as simple as that. The Bills have a little leeway for error. They can go on and lay a Jacksonville stinker like they did last year or whatever. The AFC West, man, you can't be losing to the Seattle Seahawks. You just, Geno Smith, can't do it. You know what other team, too, real quick I want to hit on? The Colts. So Houston did the Bills, I think, potentially a, a nice favor. They they tied the Colts. I don't get the Colts, man. They look like world beaters at times. They got a great roster, but they underachieved way too much like last year all they do is beat the jacksonville jaguars to get in the playoffs and they got buried they got smacked um they remind me they're sorry they're reminding me of like the best of the bills drought teams where they're like you would have those like every four or five years you had a really good roster like 2014 under rex or you know maybe like 2003 with the bills and, and and greg williams but there are issues at quarterback as far as I'm concerned. I would not have gone after Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's toast. I know he gives like he'll put up some numbers, but he they're, they're, that's been their issue. They keep going for quarterbacks who are way past their prime and instead of trying to develop a guy yeah, or draft they gotta, one. They got to figure something out. Yeah, man. but like it's... you come on, you know, you got but I'll give the Texans credit, man. Like they, they they're not going to do anything this year obviously, but like, you know, Jerry Hughes made some good plays. OJ Howard, that's the other thing too. Going back to the Bills a little bit here. Like I'm not going to sit here and go like it's weird to me that they cut OJ Howard and they they kept like they they took a cap hit they they're going with Sweeney and the other guy Moss Quinn Morris Morris whatever his name is and then like you know Howard goes in and gets two touchdowns on like his first game not not even there for a week it it was just a little I'm not, look I'm not saying like it's going to cost the Bills this title or anything like that but it was a little bit of a, a weird like I don't really understand why he got cut I know it's just kind of like you're telling me that Tommy Sweeney's better than him, and there's a part of me that wonders if maybe, maybe he got ill. He kind of felt like he wasn't going to be used all that much because the Bills, maybe the Bills are. I, I don't know how much the Bills used too tight end on Monday and alert last week, but maybe they were like, "Yeah, you're not really going to see the field." And he was like, "I don't want to be here if I'm only going to see X amount of snaps." Cut me, but it's every account. 
account, every account that I've read or, or talked to has said that OJ Howard had maybe the worst training camp of anyone on the Bills roster, given his expectation and in the player. Well, I'm just telling you what everyone has said. Everyone yeah, well, can't be wrong. It's just no, everyone's wrong because training camps yeah. stupid. You shouldn't look into anything. I, Rob well, I, would, had the, I wouldn't read Rob too Johnson much in OJ Howard having two touchdowns. Rob, uh, I mean, I'm not saying. Look, I, is he going to keep this pace up? Probably not. No, but I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying, Tommy Sweeney sucks. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. happy. I'm, I'm happy for OJ Howard, but OJ Howard is not worth. He's not worth podcast time space here. I will say this: Go oh, back to bad. Houston. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, shout out my man, UB Buffalo born Damone Harris, who's with the Houston Texans. He was on the practice squad. He got elevated to the game day uh, or to the active roster late last week, and then he played on Sunday. He played a career high thirty nine snaps. He had uh, he was in on three tackles. And he was credited with a quarterback hit. He almost, he almost got us. He almost sacked uh, Matt Ryan. That was really cool to watch. So, anyway, it's always cool. That's my guy, Damone. So, uh, yeah, cool I'm, sure, him I'm sure more people cared about OJ Howard in my take than that take. But go no, ahead. they don't because they, they care do. about Buffalo people. So, yeah, props okay. to Damone Harris. By the way, Jerry, you mentioned Jerry Hughes. He had two sacks Sunday, which is funny because he had two sacks with the Bills all of last season, which I mentioned earlier in the show. So, good for him, man. I, I, that's for, oh, one other team, I, the Titans. They lose at home, or they lose to uh, the New York Giants, 21-20 at home. I, look, I just don't think the Titans are very good. A.J. Brown's one of the best receivers in the NFL, and they traded him, and I think a lot of teams feared him and kind of defended them a little bit different. Um, I just, who's I who's just, their number one wide receiver now there? Uh, God, I can't think Do we of even know? Like, is this they like drafted a rookie, Traylon Burks, and, and they got a guy that I, I his name is escaping right now. But, yeah, they cut Julio Jones. And they traded AJ Brown. They drafted Burks, and they got another guy. I just, I don't know. His name's escaping me right now. But man, I don't know. I just don't think this team yeah, is really they're... good. Derrick Henry's been playing for a while. He's taking a lot. He's still going to be. He's going to have his games where he dominates. But I just, I don't know. This is obviously the Bills' next opponent next Monday night. I just, I watch a lot of that game. Which, by the way, Brian Dable. I love this dude, man. Good for him. I'm so glad the Giants won. He went for two at the end of the game instead of tying it to go to overtime. That's a ballsy-ass first game as your head coach thing to do. I absolutely loved it. I loved seeing him on the sidelines. He was getting emotional. Um, when the Titans had a chance to kick a long field goal at the end and it missed, he started fist-pumping. He was hugging people. He almost had tears in his eyes. I love Brian Dable. I'm happy for Ken Dorsey. I like him a lot, and I know why Dable wouldn't stay as an offensive coordinator, and obviously the Bills were not going to fire Sean McDermott. But I think Brian Dable is going to be a good head coach. And I said this on Twitter earlier today, in fact. Consider me going forward. Uh, the Giants are my NFC team type of guy, man. I really like him a lot. I think he's going to be a great coach. I think he'll do he'll do well here. He's definitely a, a different change of pace for what Giants fans have always had. They've kind of had a rugged fossil who, like, they all is kind of like the character of, like, Joe oh, we got to run. Like so we gotta run, we gotta we gotta run the football and boring and Dable is you know he's kind of like a high yes. energy he's an oh. offensive guy so uh, I wouldn't go that far as they're gonna be I don't really have an NFC team I I hate all the New York teams that are that are in football and hockey <laughs> so I really I, I don't uh, you know and I'll, I'll never forget Super Bowl twenty five so no I'm not I, I mean good for him but I'm not gonna sit there and like 
I'm happy God, for him. And, and if, hey, and if, hey, I, if I'm a and if I'm a Giant fan, which by the way, Saquon Barkley looks really, really good. He looks really that good. Yeah. If that dude could actually stay healthy, I know everyone says Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey could stay healthy, he's the best running back. You know, especially fantasy football, whatever. So, Saquon Barkley's every bit as good as as McCaffrey, and maybe even better. But anyway, I just I don't know. If I'm a Giants fan, I'm really excited to watch my team play and have a head coach go for the win in his first game because they could have played for overtime, kicked the extra point. And, sure. and took their chances, and he went for the win. I, I respect the hell out of it that. Reminds me a little bit of what happened last year with the Titans. Bills, remember that game when they could have w- kicked the field goal yeah. and said they would it would have went to overtime, and they said no, we're going for it. And that's when Allen yeah. slipped. But so, but yeah. Anyways, that yeah, big right. ball. Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. So anyway, the Titans uh, on Monday night. I look, you you, you never know what could happen. It's the NFL is a a very weird league, but I'm not sweating the Tennessee Titans right now. Uh, at all. One last thing, too, by the way. I look, look a bad week for you know, you hear the sophomore slump all the time. Quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, bad week for second year quarterbacks. Uh, Mac Jones looked like shit and they lost. Trevor Lawrence didn't play well in Washington, they lost. Trey Lance, his first start, his second year, they lost. Uh, Justin Fields, the Bears won, but they won because their defense died. That was a shitty. I, I wouldn't get too much with that Bears night. That was a horrible condition game. It was right. Routine. And Davis Mills is all right. But my point being is all these second year quarterbacks, none of them uh looked really good. Like I said, we got the Bills Titans on Monday night. I just I don't it was Do let, let me ask you this. You're talking about the Bills Titans game. How much do they have to win by? Like are we now in are we into the territory of like if the Bills don't win by some of like eight, this amount of points, is there a concern? Like not concern, but like <laughs> like are we just here? Like look, just get a win because like right now you're right. The Titans' stock is like plummeted right now. I mean, I'm I'm expecting the Bills to win by like two touchdowns. Like they should have kicked their asses last year. That turnovers, Derrick Henry like ran over a like they they had like a. I want to see them just not turn the ball over. I don't. I really don't care how many they win by. I'd like to see them not turn the ball over three times in that game and we'll see if they could uh defend derrick henry better again this defensive line is a lot better derrick henry you know he he destroyed the bills last year he i mean he ran for a 76 yard touchdown the titans have played the bills really good the last couple of years they've been close games um yeah but I, i'm not worried about it i really don't to answer your question i don't know if they will only win by seven, does it really change anything? I I, I don't think so. Yeah, sometimes, I don't think so sometimes either. Teams just, sometimes teams just play well. You get a couple breaks against you, a couple fluky things happen, and it ends up being a closer game. So I, I think know. once you get to a level of play, and like, look, the Bills, we know they're going to be there, and then it does. You just stack up the Ws. If you're like a younger team, and you're having like you're trying to figure out, like I'm trying to figure out, like if they're really good or not, you kind of do judge on style points a little bit. But when mm-hmm. you're as, an established team, you're just like, just get the W. Yeah, just get the W, you know, man. I, I really don't w. care. We, we've talked about all offseason how hard their first seven weeks are. Just get the W. That's literally all I care about. And try to, you know, just be on their control, but stay healthy, too. That's obviously cool. the other uh, big thing. Before, before, So before I go, I want to kind of circle back to the beginning. I talked about going to uh, Notre Dame. It was my first, not only my first Notre Dame game, it was my first major college football game I've ever been to in my life. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been watching football for Literally my entire life. Never been to a major. I went to UB plenty of games, but I've never been to like a major college football game. I would recommend this. And I know Notre Dame's one of those teams are kind of like the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys. Um, You either love them or you hate them. There's no in between. No one's like, "Eh, I think Notre Dame's all right. You either hate them or or they're your team. So I get that. If if Notre Dame ain't your team and you have another team, 
if it's Michigan, if it's Miami or Penn State, whoever, and you haven't been to a college football game, if it's anything like like it was for me in Notre Dame or in South Bend, you got to go, man. I, I So the Bills played the Rams. This was a hectic ass 24 hours, but the Bills played the Rams Thursday night. We ended up, me and three of my buddies drove overnight, basically, like first thing bright and early, like before it even got light out on Friday morning, we left and we drove to South Bend. It's like about six and a half hours, roughly, roughly at six and a half hours. Uh, so we got there, checked into the hotel and stuff. And then went to the campus, which again, I've never been to a major game and I've never been on a major college campus before. I was just blown away, man. You know, again, growing up a Notre Dame fan, I remember my dad being a fan, just seeing the campus and all the traditions, the campus bookstore, but just the buildings, the uh, touchdown Jesus, the Golden Dome. Friday night, they had a, a, a student pep rally. Just kind of lame, to be honest with you. The pep rally itself was- Oh, come on. Lame. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. But, right. Exactly. Well, that's not true. That's what I would think. Oh. Notre Dame, and I don't know if other schools are like this, there were thousands of alumni on campus. Now, this was also their home opener. Maybe they don't go to all the games. Sure. People might fly in for it. But that was the coolest shit, man. I, I talked to a guy who was in his 60s, and he was with his three college buddies. They went to school together, and every year they go to a home game together. And, they're, again, they're in their 60s, and they're still meeting up once a year to go there. You could tell the alumni take a lot of pride in going to Notre Dame, which they should. But anyway, so there was the pep rally. And then we went out and hit the town. There were two really uh, kind of famous bars. Corby's is the is the the more famous one. I don't know if you've watched Rudy, but I in have. the movie Rudy, like all the bar scenes with his brother and his dad and, and him in the bar, that's where it was filmed at from Corby's. Mm -hmm. So we went there and it was really cool. Tons of memorabilia. I got a, a I bought myself a pretty cool t-shirt. And then there's this bar called the Linebacker Lounge, which was just mob. By the way, there were a lot of Marshall fans. That's who mm -hmm. they played. A lot of fans, and they could not be a any more nicer man it was fun so anyway that was friday night saturday we get up we go early in the morning to the campus we walk around hit the uh the store bought some notre dame gear the uh, glee club performed right before noon this is their tradition so the glee club is on one of the lawns at between the halls and they perform the you know their traditional songs which is really cool and then the team is at mass and from mass they walk along the sidewalk from the from the church, along the sidewalk into the stadium, because the stadium's right there. I was literally on the edge of the sidewalk like the entire team walked past me. Like if I wanted to push Marcus Freeman, which I should have the way he coached that game, I could have pushed him. He was literally two feet away from me. The whole team just walked past me and it was really cool. The band's playing, the stadium was majestic, shit all over the place. It was just so much fun until the game started, and then they sucked. <laughs> it was just terrible. So wait, they were at, they, they were at church before. They, yeah, they so go they to church. Walk, they go to church and then they walk out of church. They go to go mass. Right to the... They go to mass. Wow. And then they go. And they in their mass, and they're in your they're uniforms. In the, no, they're in their dress shirts and ties. Like okay, I was suits. gonna say like okay, and then they okay because I was and like, then they what, walk they and then they walk, and it's a tradition because I mean it was lined to hundreds and hundreds of people there. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I we okay. just happened to get a really good spot. Just to, that's my kind of my point is the traditions that go with these schools. And again, I'm sure it's probably to some extent, at least anyway, maybe not as much as Notre Dame, but like I said, these other schools, Michigan, USC, I'm sure they have their own traditions, but just sure. being on the campus and, and everything, just the whole experience was probably was the, there, the best sports experience I've ever had in my life. Minus awesome. the game. How was, how was, so was it, was there tailgating at all? Like were the parking yes. lot have, okay. yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. Did you was. tailgate or did you just walk? I walked through them. 
I didn't okay. actually drink. I didn't drink on Saturday. I, I pounded beers on Friday. I'm not going to lie. But game day you. Saturday, I really wanted to just experience and, and soak sense. in as much as possible. Like I said, I bought some gear. We walked through tailgates. Yeah, there were plenty of people drinking. Now, once you get into the game, which kind of made sense because I made a comment to a. So I went with my cousin Fudge and my friend John and my friend Nick. And you have a Fudge, cousin named Fudge? Yeah, well, it's his nickname. Fudge is we, awesome. That's an awesome nickname. <laughs> it is. And, right. he, and he, like me, he, he's a, he might even be a bigger Notre Dame fan than I am. John and Nick are just football fans. In fact, John's a Michigan fan. Although he went undercover as a Notre Dame fan because he bought an Irish green Irish shirt. Uh, Although he put on, he said it was for St. Patrick's Day in Buffalo, which technically he was right. It didn't say Notre Dame. It just said Irish with a leprechaun on it. So he bought that from uh, uh, the bookstore. But anyway, those guys were there for the experience in the game. They really didn't have any emotional investment on how Notre Dame did or any of the nostalgia stuff. They were just there because it was a fun thing as a group of friends to do. Um, so yeah, they, they were drinking. They were, they slipped off. John found some kind of corporate private beer tent to sneak into him and Nick. So they were sitting there drinking beers while me and my cousin were walking around soaking uh, everything in. But anyway, my point was this, the entire weekend I was in South Bend, Friday night at the bars, Friday night on campus, Saturday at campus, the game. I swear to you, there was, I didn't see a single fight. I did not see a personally see a single incident, nothing crazy at all. And then I re, I'm like, well, they don't sell alcohol at the game. That's a big reason why you realize when people are drunk, that's when the bullshit starts. But yeah, there were no problems in the stadium. Like I said, the Marshall fans, man, they couldn't have been better. And I was actually happy for them. I was pissed at Notre Dame loss, but they traveled from West Virginia. They were the, they were 20 and a half point underdogs. They won outright. Their fans were pumped, but they weren't being snobbish and rubbing it in like assholes at all. Mm -hmm. They were really cool. The whole experience was fun. Like I said, the bars just felt really cool. People were friendly. It was cheap. Like there were so many fast food places around. The bars were reasonably priced. Like we had to pay seven fifty. I remember seven dollar cover, which my cousin paid. I didn't. But to get in the linebacker lounge, but once you got in, it was two dollar and fifty cent bush lights. I was like, whoa. That's so we were buying time. four at a time for 10 bucks. I'm like, shit, that's cheaper than fucking Buffalo, man. Yeah, that bar, that famous bar, Corby's, there was no cut. Like, it was $5 for a king size, not a king size, but a, a pounder, 16-ounce Bud Light for five bucks. That ain't bad, man. That's, how was the that, how was the food down there, like, in terms of those? Did you eat at those I, pubs? Or we did didn't you... eat at any real places. We had we right. had pizza at Corby's. Like, they, that's the only thing on their menu. We had, like, right. a, a mini pizza, and it was literally just to get something in our stomach because sure. we drove for six and a half hours. We met our buddy, Nick, who flew in from Texas. We met him at a, a shithole bar, and yeah. then we went back to the hotel. We bought a case of beer. We had a couple beers, and then we went out and started doing We had never eaten all day. So that's all we had to eat. We were starving. And then we went to Culver's, which is a fast food place on Saturday. We didn't really sit down and have any. I don't think there is any signature South Bend food. I don't know. Maybe there is. I'm wrong. But that's yeah. cool, man. Good. It was and, fun, and man. Was, was it expensive, the, the game? Like, how did you get tickets to that? My, 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 I don't know how much the tickets were, to be honest with you. So the way it worked out is my cousin Fudge bought the tickets for us. I ended up paying. This Fudge guy's the man. Look at him. I paid. I Well, yeah, he is. He, yeah. So he got the tickets for us. I paid for uh, the hotel. I got a, a nice rate through a, through a work thing. So I, I got a very fair rate. It was like under $100 per night, which is a, ni a pretty nice hotel. It was only like less than 10 minutes from the stadium. So I took care of the hotel. Uh, and my buddy John drove. 
and pay for most of the gas, and then Nick paid for a lot of gas. And you know, what the hell did you pay for? Or just anything? I said I paid for the hotel. Trust me, I said it was not as much fun as I had. It was not a cheap weekend, and it was not a cheap weekend. So there won't be any finer wing clubs coming up now as you're going to save money. No, I don't even know if they. I don't even know if they had chicken wings. But like I said, we had like cheap pizza twice, and we had Culver's once, and I think I got a pulled pork. That would be my one criticism about Notre Dame, by the way. If you're listening, you're going to a Notre Dame game. If you've been there before, you might know this. Worst concessions I've ever seen. Ever. Ever. We waited. The lines were long. They didn't move. Um, I finally got to the, and this was before the game. I wanted to get two hot dogs. No hot dogs. They don't tell you there's no hot dogs. I mean, there's literally signs where you could get hot dogs. There's another place where you could get like pizza stuff. And no hot dogs. Then after halftime, they ran out of water. So I couldn't even buy a water. Jesus. I had to buy, buy a pop. And they're like, I don't know, the PA sound on the outside, the concourse is outdated. There's not enough TVs, stuff like that. So it's not modern. But again, it's it's about it's, it's a hundred-year-old stadium. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. the stadium itself is beautiful. But anyway, man, again, like I said, if you're watching, you're listening, anyone, if you get an opportunity, it's fun to go to Bill's games. But if you want to do something that's completely different, Whatever your favorite school is, if it's a major school, I'm talking about going to a major college game. Go to a major college game, man. It's an experience unlike anything I've ever, I've cool. ever been to. Well, in two weeks, uh, so I'm. I don't know if I told you this. Me and my wife are going to the Bills Dolphins game in Miami, so yeah. we're we're flying down there. And she's actually she's used to the big because she went to the U, so she'd been to a bunch of Hurricanes games. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've told her like I definitely one of our trips. Like I don't know if we're going to do this as a yearly thing going to Bills Dolphins. I, I'd like to. Uh, and this is gonna be my first time going on the road to see them in Miami. It's yeah, I've, I've been to Hard Rock once for a game. Oh yeah, so so I'm excited about that. But I wouldn't mind going to some Hurricane games. But the college atmosphere, you—I mean, I'm not a college football guy, but anytime I watch any college game on TV, you can just tell like the atmosphere there. I mean, you always hear like people talk about how like the Bill Stadium is like a college crowd, and and. That's where almost every college game you feel that like just one from watching it on TV. But I'd like to go to a college game. But I'm glad I'm glad you were able to do that on one of your bucket lists of places. To one go. last thing, and this was a, a bucket list thing. One last thing too, I will say about being on campus at Notre Dame and just walking around the buildings and just the atmosphere, the vibe, the traditions, all that. It made me wish that I could be young again. It made me wish that I could be in high school again because if I had went to this campus when I was in high school, I probably would have wanted to try a lot harder in school, applied myself a lot more. I wasn't no. good enough in sports, so that was never going to happen. And I wasn't rich. No, so I would have no, had to be no, a nerd. No. I would have had to be a brainiac because that would have been my only path. But man, no. oh man, I wish I could go back in time and, you were, and, and be a you Notre Dame not- student. You would have flunked out because oh, yeah. alcohol, alcohol would have been your biggest crush. <laughs> you would have been bo- that's I look. I, I've always said I went to Buff State like for four years. I didn't leave campus, but you know I, I, I commuted from home. But then when I was twenty two, I moved to New York City after I graduated. And you know I always had like, oh man, I wish I could have went to a major college. But then at the same time, I'm like, if I did go to a major college and I dorm, there's a good chance I would have drank myself into a. <laughs> and and you, Patrick, you can hold your alcohol. So I'm I'm saying you would have you would have been like you would have been out of there in a year. You would have you would have gone to Corky's or whatever that place is called. You would have Corby's. Corby's. You would have been a bartender there. You would have been out of there by no time. You would have been like Rudy's brothers or whatever. One of the brothers who like was stuck in the town. Like <laughs> I dropped out. Sorry, buddy. And well, yeah. like I said, man, it was just uh, 
from the town itself to the people in, in South Bend who could not have been nicer to the Marshall fans who, who were, again, really cool. And, and they were gracious winners, too. They weren't sore winners at all, which kind of shocks me because I would have been talking all kinds of shit. Oh, had been, if I was an underdog and, and yeah. I beat the favorites. But anyway, that was cool. And like I said, with my cousin and two of my best friends, it was just a, it was a great time. It was a good week, man. The Bills kicked the Rams' ass. I think for the most part, with the exception of the Chiefs, I, I think Sunday kind of went the way I would hope it would go for the NFL. So, I don't know, man. It's a lot of fun. But I'm so glad you told the story because now I know that you have a cousin named Fudge, which is awesome. And I, I'm going to want to know more stories about Fudge. <laughs> I don't know if you want to know more stories about Fudge, man. But no, I want to have a nickname like Fudge. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, everyone. Give Joe a follow on Twitter at Buffalo Wins. Be sure you follow me on Twitter at Hammerand Tweets. Thanks for joining, man. Always a, always a good conversation when I have you on, man. Yes, I'm always the emergency quarterback. Whenever you need someone in there, you, you, you call up uh, Jeff Tool, which is me. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com